0: Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the Good Music Podcast. I'm Lucas. I'm Grant. Thank you so much for tuning in. Once again, um, we really apologize for uh, the weird stuff that went on with our Doors episode last week. Oh yeah. Um, I if For some reason it only put the third segment on there. so They got al- to have the... D- d-
1: d- 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 Dessert first.
0: Yeah, which for you on that episode, that was your favorite part. <laughs> that was part. my favorite part, yeah. So, um, but it is fixed now, so if you have not listened to the full episode yet, go check it out. Um, you know, it, the episode is still doing well, but there's a lot of people that just listen to our nine-minute segment, but we got a full uh, hour 30 on there now, so
1: yeah,
0: go check it out. It's a really good episode, I think, at least. I thought it was... Yeah. Yeah. And Good discussion. Yeah. So, so we've got we've got that. And we've got also tons of other episodes to uh, go check out. And if you like what you're listening to, please hit the subscribe button on whatever platform that is. I got a refresher on kind of what all platforms were available on because I was Ooh. I was scrambling to check every platform to see mm-hmm. which one loaded correctly and which one didn't.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and it was it was only Anchor.
0: Yeah, Anchor was yeah. the only one that stayed in its original form. So hopefully, you guys saw our social media post and was able to uh, divert over there. I
1: tried to find your Instagram. Do you have the tag in the description?
0: No, wink, I need. Wink, wink. I need to. I need to do that. <laughs> I'm, Instagram. I've never used it before, and so right. it's it's a foreign. I've never been good at social media. That's something that. I would love for someone else to do for me, and I can just concentrate on content. So, Grant, well, if you're willing, I might well, pass that over. I to have you. done
1: Instagram before, so this won't be foreign to me.
0: Yeah, I think I think that might be going forward because I, I, it's just part of the part of the process. I, I don't like.
1: Wow, this is like a business meeting they consider. Yeah, in. you get
0: you full transparency <laughs> with you guys. Um, but yeah, so. Hopefully you guys saw that and were able to uh, go check out Anchor. But now, for those of you that didn't see it, uh, you guys can go look at it. But like I was saying, leave a subscribe with whatever platform you're listening on, whether that be Overcast or Stitcher or Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, of course Anchor, and hopefully soon Spotify. Yeah. We, we need to we need to solve that that mystery, and well, that'll be my preferred place because then you also have the playlist yep. right there on the same app. You don't even have to, to switch apps to do it. So we'll, uh, we'll let you guys know when that uh, is up. Mm-hmm. And if you really enjoy this podcast, then uh, check out one of the several links in our description where uh, you can go to a page to support this podcast with a monthly donation. This will allow us to upgrade our equipment, to get more research materials, and to overall just improve and expand the podcast. We have big hopes and plans for 2020. I don't remember what year it was for a second. Oh, my. Um, We're like three months in. Yeah. uh, (laughs) The year of the coronas, it's going to be known. Uh, Yeah, we'll be talking
1: about the next few months for the rest of our lives. Yeah.
0: Including today,
1: including today.
0: In fact, I, f- I feel like that's a pretty good segue because Corona has
1: today co- by the way, to us is um, the twelfth.
0: Yes, yes. Um, which I guess that doesn't really apply as much to what we're talking about with this new segment, but it's uh, it's just been fascinating to see how the coronavirus has just ravaged the music world, specifically oh, yeah. touring wise. Like several times a day when I check on my different news feeds, someone is canceling a tour. Or in some cases, big festivals are completely shutting down. Yep. Uh, Coachella shut down. Mm-hmm. Uh, South by Southwest shut down. Mm-hmm. Um, Live Nation shut down. Um, Rocklahoma, probably. If pre- not I, especially now that we've got confirmed cases here in Oklahoma. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, oh, Poor Tom Hanks and his wife got the coronavirus. Yeah, I thought that was fake news, and then I read a there was a legit statement from them. I was just like, oh gosh. Yeah,
1: I mean, celebrities aren't exempt from it, you know, nope. either.
0: And now I just I just read that um, he didn't contract it in Australia where he was filming. He got it in the U.S. and took it to Australia. Oh man! So it's
1: that's another level.
0: This is this is crazy. Like. We've had, like, all these crazy um, pandemics pass. Like, I remember when swine flu was, like, a big thing, Mm -hmm. and bird flu, and and you had the Ebola thing Mm -hmm. a couple years ago. But, like, Corona has, like, it's been, like, a step up. Yeah. Because I haven't, I've never seen, like, Hollywood studios are delaying their releases of their movies because people aren't going to go to the movie theater. Yeah. Um, I've read that sports events, like, Baseball yeah, they, opening day is going to have no one in the stands. Yeah, the
1: NBA is is playing without um, Ma- March audience either.
0: March Madness is doing it. It's just like, <sighs> I've never seen anything like this before.
1: Yeah, March Madness is not even
0: doing anything. It's so not even happening. They're canceling March they're Madness. They're canceling March Madness. I thought they were just That's doing what the... I heard. I thought they were just doing the no people in the stands and thing. At, at least, I don't know
1: what other um college athletic conferences are doing, but the American Athletic Conference cancelled their tournament. Golly. So
0: like this the economy <laughs> is just I can't even imagine what this is doing. Like all travel is no yeah. one's no one's going anywhere. People yeah. are freaking out and and stocking up on toilet paper and yeah. hand sanitizer and I mean I'm going camping, but I'm not going on a plane. Yeah. So we'll see how that is. Yeah. I mean me personally <laughs> I'm not scared of it. I think. I, yeah. I think in some way, um, the media is doing a really good job of instilling fear. Vicarious.
1: Into we all live like Yeah, hey. I, I used that to explain that idea to somebody earlier today. Good callback.
0: Really Go check out our episode on Tool to hear more about that. Yep. Um, yeah, but that's. I think that's. Ex- I mean, not to say that the corona is either fake or it's just like oh, it's nothing. Like, I understand that. But at the mm-hmm. same time, I feel like we're making it worse by just like acting like it's the apocalypse. Right, the panic
1: is almost worse than the ap- actual epidemic.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So, um, especially with that toilet paper fights and stuff. Thing, yeah, wherever it was.
0: I mean it's it's been a good year for toilet paper companies. They're, they're having and hand sanitizer. They're companies. having record years in their profits. It's bad. Uh, Bad year for Corona beer.
1: Yeah.
0: And a bad year for limes. Oh. Wow. No Coronas getting their lime this year. <sighs> well. But yeah, so it's <laughs> it's just it's crazy just to see how the music industry yes. has been affected by it. Uh, Pearl Jam had a huge tour because they got a new album. Oh, coming yeah. Out. They've canceled that tour. My sister
1: was going to go see them. Mm-hmm. That is.
0: That a lot sucks. of a lot of big metal bands are. Are canceling their mm. tours. Uh, so I guess
1: that big hair metal, um, Def Leopard. I haven't
0: poison. heard anything about them canceling. But I mean, at this point, and... it's starting to become the the norm for if in any state that I can't. I don't know if it's nationwide yet, or if it's just like states that have had reported mm-hmm. um, uh, diagnosis mm-hmm. that anything that has two hundred and fifty or more people. In a crowd that, like, it's being shut down. mm mm-hmm. So. Yep. Which, of course, you know, anything yeah. over to Europe and Asia is just, like, off limits completely. Pretty
1: much. Um, but, I mean, that's good for me because I go to college in the same town that I live in. So I don't really do that much travel. I kind of go to school with the same people that I hang out with. So if I get it, then I got it.
0: You get to, you get to Everybody head it around me
1: probably already had it anyway.
0: Yeah.
1: They, um. there was one report, I think it was the second report here in Tulsa. Um. She was the girlfriend of a football player on campus. And I'm like, well, we're all young 20 year olds. I mean, we probably already have it already because there's only so many of us, you know. Mm-hmm. So if you get it, I'm sorry.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I can just, I can just lay in bed and. And have a good reason to complain. Yeah. <laughs> Who doesn't want to take advantage of that?
1: Oh, uh, man, I already have plenty of reasons to complain. Yeah. I so, don't need another one. Anyway. So yeah, we'll, we'll, anyway. <laughs> we'll,
0: we'll, do, we'll do updates as kind of, as right. as the this thing takes its course. I think that in two or three months that this thing will be blown over. Hopefully.
1: And then we can get back to the music.
0: Yeah, and I'll, I'll say that whenever this thing is over we're going to see a massive overcorrection. Oh, yeah. Everything is going to spike.
1: Yep. I guess we'll go ahead and get into this episode. Yeah. um, Because there's a lot to talk about because I really like this band. So the band is... Motley Crue. Motley Crue. Um, Every single one of of the songs we're going to talk about today, I have heard before. And some of them I know how to play, and I know all the lyrics to, and I've known them for years and years. Um, and so this is the first band that we're going through on this podcast that I'm very close to.
0: Yes. Like we've, we've had bands like Led Zeppelin that, and Ghost that you were familiar with, Mm -hmm. but still didn't know tons about. This is going to be one where you're almost going to be an expert.
1: I don't know about that. As far as music. As far as music. Yeah. And talking
0: about the songs,
1: But the history and, and, and the band lore and like who they are Mm -hmm. and all that. Not So, so
0: much. Yeah. So, uh, just a little quiz. Can you name the four central members of Motley Crue?
1: That's a, that's a key word. Central. Vince Neil. The the, the classic lineup. Vince Neil, who is the um, lead singer. Uh huh. Tommy Lee, who is the drummer and pianist. Not to be confused with Tommy Lee
0: Jones. <laughs> Which um, I did plenty often when I was younger.
1: <laughs> um, Nikki Sixx, the bassist, who has too much of an ego, and. Nick Mars Mick Mars Mick Mars I can never get M-M- that straight And M-M- Mick Mars my favorite member of the band 10 years older than everybody else <laughs> and yes, he is. actually looks like a specter So <laughs>
0: it has since they were young <laughs> Yeah um I remember seeing the the album cover for Shout of the Devil and being like what's this freaky looking guy here looks like he's <laughs> dying
1: <laughs> Yeah looks
0: like an old dude and it doesn't
1: help that he wears all black on stage
0: Yeah you know
1: um and doesn't talk hardly at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, very kept to himself. He's kind of the Neil Peart yeah. of the band.
0: But he's also uh, the genius of the band. But he
1: is the he is the guy behind the guy behind the guy.
0: Well, not really. I wouldn't even musically. say musically. And not <laughs> musically, he's just. I would say he's the best musician in the band. Oh yeah,
1: for sure. There's a lot of Him. layered guitars.
0: Uh huh. So and just you know he's. He's a boss live. He barely moves, but he just <laughs> slays everything he plays. Mm-hmm. That, uh, is that rhymed. True. <laughs> but, um, yeah,
1: I've I've seen uh, Motley Crue live, like on TV or whatever. They'll mm-hmm. have recordings of like different festivals or different tours that they'll have. And he's always just kind of there in the front with his with his hat, with his with his top hat, and his. Guitar that's got, like, a chunk of wood removed out of it sometimes. Hmm. And, yeah, there was a, he had a, uh, Fender Strat he was playing during, I think, the, it was, like, the Carnival of Sins tour or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, it, it just, there was a chunk of wood missing from it. It's hmm. like he took a hammer and just...
0: I always used to see that, like, <laughs> on the TV guide when I was younger and be, like, scared, just Carnival of Sin. Yeah. Oh, no, what is that?
1: Yeah. But, um... No. Uh, When did
0: you first hear Marley
1: When did I first hear... Well, okay. So, it's ever since, and maybe even before, I started getting into rock and hair metal in general. I don't even know what my musical tastes were before I started playing bass. But I started playing bass around... almost six and a half years ago now. Mm. And um, one of the first songs I learned was Rocky Like a Hurricane by Scorpions, and I learned a lot of Scorpion songs, but very quickly I moved on to songs like Wild Side, um, and Girls, 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 and playing like the very simple bass lines for those, mm-hmm. um, and then I eventually learned the guitar parts for those, um, especially Wild Side, I played that one like 30 times over and over one day, just yeah. love that song, um, Unfortunately, every time somebody else plays it live, I have a neck ache for the next three days, Mm -hmm. um, like I do right now. But, um, yeah, I mean, Molly Crue's kind of been one of those bands, along with Ozzy Osbourne and Randy Rhoads and Van Halen, that I've always listened to,
0: Mm
1: -hmm. but I've never looked into the history.
0: Okay. So. Well, there is a... uh... This is the time for that, I guess. Yeah. There's a very good uh, movie out on Netflix right now based off of the uh, the very popular memoir called The Dirt. Which yes. was, it was kind of really the first of its kind to mm-hmm. be so brutally honest and to spare no gory details on the terrible things that they did. <laughs> I mean, I guess depending on the person you ask, some of them aren't terrible. Right. Um, I'm sure there's a lot of people that wish that they were them back in that day, um, but they they had some wild times. Yeah,
1: and and um, and even
0: the movie doesn't quite do it justice.
1: Yeah, and we were we were also talking um, during I can't remember what episode it was, but it was uh, you know I totally lost my train of thought. Oh, my goodness. Well, they are on tour right now with Def Leppard and Poison.
0: Well, tour hasn't started yet.
1: Oh, okay. Um, Oh, we were talking about the uh, contract that they had. Yeah. The the farewell tour and all that. Um, And I can't remember what episode that was. So go listen to every single episode um, just to find it. Um, No, actually go listen to every single episode because they're great. Yeah. uh, There you go. But – they had, uh, for those of you who haven't heard of that, they had a farewell tour about five years ago. Yeah, right? in, twi- before, in 2015. It was before The Dirt I, I came want, out.
0: I want to say it was 2014 or 2015. I, I think it started in 2014. It went all the way to New Year's Eve mm-hmm. on, on in 2015. And, you know, just they, the band was not getting along. Right. Um, and from what I'd also read, Mick Mars was just, like, not doing good, mm. and just it. Hurt for him to travel that much and play all the time. Understandably, I right. can't remember exactly what he has, but I remember like he's like something equivalent to like feeling like your bones are made of cement, Ooh. and that it's the older you get and the more you move around, the more it happens. Mm-hmm. To where it's just he's had tons of surgeries and mm-hmm. stuff to just like relieve the pain, but he's like in constant pain all the time, mm-hmm. and so. I think that that was a big factor in why they uh, why they quit at the time that they did. Because the rest of the guys are, you know...
1: Younger. Still maybe. younger, yeah. although
0: uh, Vince Neal's not in the best
1: shape. Not in the best vocal shape or no, physical shape.
0: uh-uh. I, I had sent Grant a video in this uh, of them singing on that farewell tour, and Vince Neal was not doing good. You did? Yeah, and I had asked you if you'd watched it, and... I don't think you ever responded. Oh, <laughs> oh,
1: was it the? Oh, was it the Vince Neil sounds like Bob Dylan? Yes. Oh yeah.
0: No, I didn't watch that. I meant to. We're I'm gonna sorry. we're gonna watch it when we take a cut here. Okay. It's, it's, <laughs> it's a it's a video I found a long time ago, and I just continue to revisit it <laughs> because it's just priceless. Mm, and man. it just it was watching that was just like the rest of the band was killing it, and Vince was oh god. <laughs> I, you just have to watch it. Vin, it's called Motley Crue Sounds Like Bob Dylan. Yeah. Go check it out. It's a hilarious video. Um,
1: but Tommy Lee and Nikki Six are still doing well. Yeah. Um, and apparently. And still looking well.
0: And apparently Mix feeling good enough to go back out on tour.
1: Because The Dirt was so successful that they decided, you know, hey, our album sales are up. -hmm. People care about us again,
0: and And so they went on tour. And you know, acting as consultants and producers kind of brought them back together because they apparently they hadn't spoken Mm. to each other in a couple years. Oh wow! Okay. And they said that working on it rekindled their friendship, and made them realize that they love working together. And they even recorded some original material for the movie, Mm. including a song called "The Dirt." Nice. Nice. And. (laughs) A uh, very strange cover of Madonna's Like a Virgin.
1: Oh. Man. Okay.
0: <laughs> I haven't listened to it, and I kind of am scared to. Just I, I, I don't want to know what Vince Neil's voice sounds like on that track. I, I don't I want to
1: hear it either. But, uh, <laughs> having a song called The Dirt just reminds me of that Alice in Chains album. But... Yeah. Um, that's besides the point.
0: Uh-huh. But, yeah, it was... <laughs> uh, it apparently has sparked the flame, and here they go again.
1: Yep, on their own.
0: Not on their own. They're gonna have poison and death, leopard and oh Joe yeah, Deadpool not on though. their own. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: and that's not even a Motley Crue song, but yeah. whatever. Um,
0: Same genre, by the way. How would you describe hair metal for those um, for those okay. listeners that are just like they they keep saying hair metal? So, I don't know what that so
1: means. The way I picture it is there's there's a lot of different definitions that I kind of run by. Okay. Uh, One of them is take glam metal, but inject punk into it so you don't have all, like, the drag makeup, and it's not one big show.
0: You're saying that's what glam metal is? I'm saying
1: glam metal is kind of... Or hair metal? Glam metal is a big show, and hair metal is like, it's us, the musicians, putting on a show, not, like, putting on a production. You Mm, know what I mean? I don't
0: don't know. know. That's the way I see it. Because the thing is, for me, glam and hair metal is pretty much an interchangeable term because motley Crue definitely they were the had At some first of, yeah they had some of the better musicians and they pretty much started
1: they started in, in in my opinion they started glam and then by the time they got to albums like dr feelgood they were hair metal
0: um see i would alice,
1: say this, alice cooper is hair metal
0: no he's not yeah, he is. I mean, he had a hair metal phase, but he is—he's shock rock.
1: Well, okay, he's technically shock rock, but there was there was a there was a long period of time in the I would say the majority of his music is hair metal.
0: I would disagree. Okay. We'll we'll, uh, we'll have to another
1: another good hair metal band, Rat.
0: Yes, but okay. I would also say that they are glam metal.
1: Then what's the
0: difference? There really isn't one. I would. The only thing I would say is that. Um, that glam kind of honestly, I kind of don't believe that there's a difference because you look at you look at the metal family tree and there's not two different uh, sections for glam and hair, because hair is still part of the glam aesthetic. It's the big hair, it's the it's the the costumes and the makeup. Oh uh, man! And the the only thing you can sing about is girls and drugs. Yeah.
1: And the music that you're singing
0: to Now, I do believe that there are different tiers of hair metal slash glam metal bands.
1: Oh, for sure. Like, Pantera is at the bottom tier.
0: <laughs> yeah, their glam phase was definitely at the bottom. Um, and then you've got bands that, yes, the image took precedence over the music. It's where mm-hmm. I feel Poison really kind of sits, even though, yes, they did have some good songs. So I felt like that their image was way... Overshadowing their music.
1: Would you argue that Twisted Sister is
0: glam metal? Yeah, absolutely. They okay. were they're were, they were in the top tier because they made some of the best music of the genre. They okay. and they had some of the best musicians as well. White Snake had some of the best musicians. That doesn't seem like glam to me. It was. Seems I mean, like hair metal.
1: There's a, there's like I don't know how I divided in my head, but like White Snake is hair metal, and Twisted Sister is glam metal. Hmm. Well, I was, there are some listeners who understand me.
0: But I understand what you're trying to discern. Yeah. But in my in my long and fruitful studies of all things heavy metal and on the different subgenres, I've never seen it to where glam and hair has been divided. Okay. I've always seen them as they're they're synonyms. They mean the same thing. That's what synonym means, right? Mm, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm not an English major. Don't ask me. I was a writing minor, so I should know. (laughs) But for me, it's it's, just—it's—it's always been interchangeable. It's—it's at its core, it's pop hooks. Right. It's not following true heavy metal, which is even though I would say that Motley Crue's early stuff gets close. Gets close. They—they got closer probably than anyone else did because. Mm -hmm. At the time that they're making that early material, the genre hadn't really been set yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, any the people that were the forefathers were Van Halen. Cause yeah, they kind of because they kind of started that party yeah. rock yeah movement where it's just you know it's these songs that are just like drenching and you know fun and sleaze yeah, but at the same time like being hard and heavy
1: yeah, and and that's kind of what hair metal is
0: yeah. So you know it's um, it's not are you're not usually going to talk about the things that most metal bands talk about. Again, with some exception, like you've got something like Shout at the Devil by right. Miley Crew. That's just kind of... It's a weird anomaly in the hair metal scene because no one else, no other band sung about that.
1: Right. Or or Home
0: Sweet Home. Well...
1: Because in that... I feel like that song's... Well, we'll get, we'll get to that song. Yeah, but I that, feel like that song is also an outlier.
0: They other... They were the first to do it, mm-hmm. but... Every hair metal band followed with a song like that, because it ended up being a huge hit. Oh well, yeah, but yeah, Terry yeah. Underwood
1: covered that song. But we'll, really, I think so.
0: Hmm. We
1: we can talk about more it could, when we get there. It but, could be,
0: um, I mean, "Home Sweet Home" is also kind of a common title. It could be that someone wrote a song with the same I mean, title. I and listened to it. Oh yeah, uh,
1: it was in a. It was in a. We'll get there. Okay. So, um, <laughs> but anyway, yeah. I don't, don't want to say too much about that so we don't have anything to talk about in the next segment.
0: Sure, sure, yeah. But yeah, I I don't think that there's a difference. If you wanna equate one in your mind, then okay. you're free to. But I think if you're gonna if you're gonna have the technical debate on it, there's not really a difference. Now there wasn't ever a thing called hair rock, but there sure was glam rock. That was in the seventies. Right. Uh, David Bowie and Elton John mm-hmm. which we have episodes on both of those in Queen Go check those right. out if you want to hear more about glam rock, which really was kind of the first iteration of what would inspire glam metal. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, you know, all of these bands have in common that, you know, it's good looking people. It's, uh, or at least they're trying to look good. Mick <laughs> Mars is kind of an outlier. there. <laughs> Sorry, Nick, oh, it's not your fault. Yeah, um, that's true.
1: It's not his fault.
0: <laughs> and the the lyrics all carry the same general mm-hmm. idea, you know big videos. Right. Uh you know, just outrageous over the top, but pop songwriting at its core.
1: Right. So I do have a question. Uh-huh. So I noticed somebody left us a review. Yeah. And three words do Motley Crue. Really? Is that the reason why we're doing this episode? No,
0: I have not seen yes. this review.
1: Uh, yeah, and so I saw that after you told me to start listening to these songs, and I'm like,
0: hmm. Let me let me take a look. You're
1: at You're not reading your own reviews.
0: Well, hmm. <laughs> I just hadn't checked recently. Mm-hmm.
1: It was a week ago then I checked. But um, so
0: from from Nikki the Six. Yeah. This you was not long ago. Yeah. Well. Well, sir. Well, it
1: is now for for them. Yeah. But uh, for us, it's
0: whoever not. whoever is Nikki the Six. Your wish has been granted.
1: <laughs> so uh, not not because you said anything, but just by no, coincidence. it was it
0: was not. So that means that you read our minds. You knew that this was coming. So you're welcome, and hope you enjoy it.
1: Yep. But um. So I, I know, bet I bet it has to do with that tutorial, the scroll down to the bottom, leave a review.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> but uh, anyway.
0: Yeah, that's what we would love for you guys to give us your recommendations on who we should tackle next. We love hearing potential um, uh, bands for us <laughs> to cover. It'll yeah, give yeah. me ideas for sure. Yeah. Not that I'm running out of ideas, but sometimes there's just so many that I'm just like, oh, God, who, how do I decide who to do next? Yeah, okay. It's just kind of it's more I kind of just pick on a whim in a way. So, you know, if it would be a fun way to to have some input on and if like there's an overwhelming majority on a group that might mm-hmm. make us go, Okay, well this is what the people want, so <laughs> let's go with this. Uh, I love democracy. Yeah.
1: So when did Motley Crue come about?
0: So they formed in 1981.
1: Ooh, I was hoping it was 83 because that's this penny, <laughs>
0: this,
1: this penny that I have in my hand right here. In is fact, I have a
0: I have a way to uh, to confirm this.
1: But um, and they've been they were going from 81 to 2015.
0: Yep, Straight. yep. It is, it is 1981. I was right. Okay.
1: Because yeah, and
0: they they formed and pretty quickly got that first record out, which
1: was Too Fast for Love.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which, the opening track, Live Wire, is just, it's, ooh, yeah. It's a good song. Um, but yeah, it was pretty much the, uh, it was the passion of Tommy Lee and Nikki Six. They were kind of the two hmm. that started it. Uh, I can see that. Came across Mick Mars and were blown away by his audition. And then they got Vince Neil, not because of his singing ability, but because they knew that he was a front man that the women would go crazy for, because he was good looking. And mm-hmm. he, he sung okay enough. Yep. You'll and notice through Motley Crue's music, the vocals are usually never the highlight.
1: Yeah, and uh, that's a thing that you'll see with a lot of bands, like hair metal bands. Um, the I vocalist would... will not be the most necessarily the most talented person. I mean, David Lee Roth. Fronted Van Halen, and he's not known for his vocal there, He's there, known for his showmanship.
0: There were some incredible hair metal frontmen. I mean, like, if you want to talk like, about
1: Sebastian Bach,
0: yeah, or David Coverdale for White Snake, right? And, I mean, he'd been around since the mid seventies,
1: mm-hmm.
0: starting with being the singer for Deep Purple.
1: But then you also got the whoever can't remember his name, the guy who uh, fronts Rat. He's yeah. not known for his. Range no, but he's or not. Ability. He's
0: not a bad vocalist either.
1: It, well, I wouldn't put Vince Neal as a bad
0: vocalist. Mm, he's borderline. He, but
1: he's a better showman than yeah. he is a vocalist. Yeah. He, it, then, and because of the nature of By, metal, by the
0: way, I, just so you guys know, I'm not ragging on Vince Neal as a way right. to say that I don't... I love Motley Crue. And I yeah. f- do think that his voice fits what they need. I'm just saying that oh, as a sure. pure vocalist, he does not stack up with a lot of the other hair metal frontmen. Like Dee Snyder for Twisted Sister. He's He's one of the best... Uh, hard rock, heavy metal vocalist and and was probably the best pure showman of all the hair metal bands. Mm-hmm. If you ever watch them live, it's pretty incredible. And his voice is just so powerful.
1: Okay. I'll take your word for They're it. They're a band that I would <laughs>
0: dedicate a whole episode to Ooh. because their story is incredible and it's fascinating. To be continued. Yes.
1: But, um... And it's interesting that you say that about Vince Neal, that his voice is not great, but it fits the band. Yeah. Same thing, I would say, with um, Mick Mars' tone. Because I remember way back a few years ago, I was listening to um, some Motley Crue song with my dad, and I was like, oh my gosh, his guitar tone is so bad. And then he says... Probably the smartest thing he's ever said about music was it doesn't matter how good it is, he wants that tone because it's recognizable. And so, the same thing with um, Vince Neal. The same thing with Vince Neal. And the yeah, same you... thing with uh, Dimeback.
0: Yep. Oh, is, yeah. Is
1: you know it's him because of the guitar tone. Uh huh. And um, so, I don't know. I've kind of put that philosophy to my own tone in that I want it to be mine. So when somebody hears it, they know it's me.
0: That's a really great way of looking at it. Yeah, you know?
1: and and you can tell it's Motley Crue because of the guitar tone. Yep, it's a, it's a cool. terrible tone. <laughs> but it, I never thought it but, was. But, but, but no, but... nobody else would be able to pull off that tone, but Mick Mars and Motley Crue. Hmm. So um, okay, I would say the same thing about Slash. I don't want his tone. I would say the same thing about the guys in Judas Priest.
0: Ooh, I would love to have their tone, but I'm also not a guitar player. I just I love the sound. <laughs> There's not enough high end for me. I love I love the sound of Judas Priest guitar. Okay, it's just something about it that just fills me with with energy and power.
1: Maybe, maybe on their most
0: recent albums, but uh, I would say all across the board. Okay, but that's debate for another time. Yes. So yeah, they they come onto the scene pretty really at the height of Van Halen's popularity, mm-hmm. and they even go on tour with Van Halen. That's kind of when they really start to, you know, get their big shot. Right,
1: because Van Halen came three years before them, uh-huh. and was all it's, it's they were already big.
0: Yep, I mean Van Halen was big out the gate. They, right, you know they were just getting bigger and bigger and mm-hmm. bigger. And, continue to get bigger until 1984 when they
1: had a falling out with mm-hmm.
0: and then even arguably they did get bigger after that with Sammy Hagar right Sammy cause Hagar was great cause that <laughs> was I wanna say that was their first number one album was that first one with Hagar
1: 5150
0: yeah cause that 19- is a good album 1984 I believe stalled at number two no <laughs> although they had what was number one that was, I think that was when Beat It or uh, Thriller was still Annihilating everyone in its path. No, I could be wrong on that, man. But there's a there's a period in the early '80s where, like, not to hate on Michael Jackson, but where just you know, it was you had no chance of hitting number one because Michael Jackson was just gonna stay up there. Right. I think like the year it came out, only five different albums went to number one because Thriller was just at the number one spot for so long that it just wouldn't let anyone Mm -hmm. have any kind of contest.
1: Right. As if it has its own will, but really it's just the will of the. So the reason
0: why it's the now it's only the second best selling album. Of Ooh, all time. what fine. beat it? The Eagles' Greatest Hits, Volume One. <laughs> that's <laughs> Which, that's, that's always, actually kind of fun. That's always been near the top. Yeah, uh, I, I read somewhere that it finally surpassed. Hmm. So but,
1: um, anyway, back to Molly Crew. <laughs>
0: yeah. So yeah, they uh, they the first album didn't like. Create tons of waves, right? But it was it was that second album,
1: and the first album had really bad sound engineering. The kick yeah. drum overpowers everything.
0: Yeah, and, and it was so, just it was a very it was a very metallic record.
1: That that's that's like, why I always listen to that those songs off of that record, like the remastered versions,
0: because
1: mm-hmm. you know but you can actually hear everything. Then you get to
0: <laughs> shout at the devil, and that was. I would say particularly Looks That Kill, just mm-hmm. really put them on the map. They had that big video. Right. And, right. and then it was just, it was all uphill from there. Right.
1: And um, the the bassist in our band, Area 52, does not like early Motley Crue until they get to Dr. Feelgood.
0: Which, which that was the last great record
1: that, that they made. That's the last, okay, so what year was that?
0: That was 89.
1: So, 81 to 89 is where you say, wow. That's,
0: that's the golden The 80s. 80s. Yep. Look at that. Oh yeah, they fell victim to the "we gotta be like a grunge band" in the '90s. And they tried, and they didn't do it. Yeah, it was not good. Got in, that was when Vince left the band, and just kind of everything got turned to crap.
1: Mm. Wait, did they try to replace him?
0: Yep, uh, John Karabi was their the their backup. Okay, I can't. I'm, he was in another '80s metal band. I can't think of it. it Might have been um, Mr. Big
1: hmm mr big that's the name of a band i haven't heard in a while
0: yeah i i, I want to say that i could be wrong but i'm pretty sure that's the band he was from i'd have to fact and check it, that. i thought that was a super group it might have been because
1: you had steve Vai. you had um oh yeah billy sheehan billy sheehan yeah who i'm can kind of run circles around steve harris sorry
0: yeah, but... You Technica- know, technically. Technique, technique isn't everything.
1: Technique, technique is not everything, but... He's
0: also not a Technically,
1: songwriter. he can't. That's true. But, um... So, they had a falling out in a 90-something? With Vince Neil? 91?
0: Yeah. Uh I want to say it was, Yeah, they were yeah. going to record another album, and it just... They couldn't make it.
1: And, of course, they eventually came back with him in probably late 90s...
0: Yeah, know? I, I, I want to say it was the, it was it was in the late '90s. That it was at an MTV Music Awards ceremony. They like all came out on stage together mm. and announced that, yeah, we're we're getting back together, and going Ooh. on tour. I want to say that was when they did Carnival of Sin. Mm.
1: And then they toured until
0: 2015. Yeah, released then, one yeah. album in the 2000s that mm. was kind of a comeback, but only in the sense that it was slightly better than their 90s stuff <laughs> they did like two albums in the 90s and then they did one like in the early 2000s and then there was like the the, the 2008 one like saints of los angeles mm-hmm. where it was just kind of like yeah it's better than the stuff you've recently done it's not great but it's not it doesn't touch your 80s it's stuff, not but, it's not
1: dr feel good no. level
0: yeah
1: so um
0: so what would you say is the the quintessential motley Crue record
1: Um, honestly, I, I don't want to choose, but I'd probably choose Dr. Feelgood just based on the sound engineering and the fact that you could tell that there is a producer behind the scenes saying, Hey, record that again, because on the earlier records, there'd be a little bit of, uh, sloppiness. Mm -hmm. You'll hear it. You'll hear it a lot on the last part of live wire. They won't quite come in together on the same beat. Um, but Throughout the whole um, Dr. Feelgood record, they are right in the pocket. Mm-hmm. and
0: it's such a tight record. Yeah,
1: exactly. And so, um, and then they also just have good songs, mm-hmm. you know. Um, obviously, Shout Out the Devil does too.
0: See, I would say that Shout at the Devil is the quintessential Motley Crue record. So and 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 probably is the quintessential hair metal record. So,
1: title song, looks that kill.
0: Yeah. You've got um, their cover of Helter Skelter. You've got oh to, yeah, that's got, that's
1: better than the original. You've got
0: no, it's not. Yes, but, it is. Mm, <laughs> okay, whatever. It isn't, but it's really good. That is my opinion. It's not better than the original. That
1: is my opinion.
0: Okay. Um, you've <laughs> got Ten uh, Seconds to Love, Too Young to Fall in Love. Oh yeah, forgot about that one. Um, Danger, which is a really underrated song. Hmm. Uh, yeah, it's just it's a it's a, in my opinion it captures everything about them it's raw it's powerful it's kind of in your face it's in yeah yeah and it just you can you can feel the the drive from them on that album that they're that they're really feel like they've got something to prove
1: yeah and and it's the second record too so you have the funding from your successful first record to be able to actually make your vision happen and you're still young enough that you're willing to
0: Mm -hmm. dare
1: to do strange things. And you can, you can hear that
0: to me. Just, um, Dr. Feel good does have a couple of clunkers on it to where it does to where I'm just like, that's true. You know, the highs are really high, but (sighs) But, I feel like I just feel shout of The devil's more consistent from start to finish. Okay.
1: That's fair. Because I will say that Kickstart My Heart, Dr. Feel Good, Same Old Situation are great songs.
0: Yeah, that's... There's... N- they're...
1: They're right up they're, there.
0: They're, they're much that's their, higher...
1: That's their hot fuzz. Hot
0: fuss. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um,
0: exactly.
1: In reference to our Killers episode. Yeah,
0: go check that so. out if you haven't before. All right, so I think this is a good time to take a break. Yep. When we come back, we're going to really dig into these songs i know that you've got a lot to say i do so uh stick with us we'll be right back
1: hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting
0: Go to your happy place for a happy
1: price. Go to your happy price, Priceline.
0: Welcome back to the Good Music Podcast. We are talking about Motley Crue, and uh, while we were taking a break, I showed Grant that video. Yes, that and
1: horrific, oh my goodness. <laughs>
0: you,
1: you guys are just going to go have to watch it.
0: And please read the comments. <laughs> oh, the comments the video. really
1: are one of the greatest things yeah just of all time
0: incredible <laughs> um i'm just seeing how bad that was I'm, mm-hmm. I'm wondering like how he's gonna sound on this new tour like yeah he's, he's gonna have someone help him
1: prepare or if he ever if they ever play in their uh, rock and roll hall of fame induction
0: yeah we'll, we'll <laughs> see if that ever happens well let's hope I think it,
1: we can dream, can't we?
0: Uh, Nikki Six has said before that they've heard from the Rock Hall that they'll never get in because oh. of some of the things that they've done, which I think it shouldn't matter. Music yeah. should speak for yeah. itself. Yeah, And you know, the the I almost said the Academy. That's the Oscars. <laughs> um, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. They just hate anything that's remotely heavy metal, right?
1: You know, Which is weird, because you know it's the it's the natural progression of what rock and roll kind of is mm-hmm. or was,
0: I, b- I believe so. Um, so, and I mean, if you're gonna start inducting Bon Jovi and Def Leppard, then that's the direction you need to go, right? And you know what what do you define rock and roll? It's rebellion, and Motley Crue is one of the most rebellious groups out there. Yep. Yep. So, but we'll, we'll see. We'll see how they sound. <laughs> But in the meantime, let's go ahead and talk about the six songs.
1: Right. So, um, every episode, we have six songs um, from this artist that are representative of the uh, type of music that they write. Um, and these aren't necessarily their best songs or our favorite songs.
0: Although I do pick good songs. They I'm are not, good songs. I'm not picking, like, this song sucks, let's put it in
1: there. Well, I mean. He's picked songs that are bad before, but not because he thinks they're bad. Um, Um, (laughs) Okay, anyway. Excuse me? Anyway, anyway. um, These are kind of representative of Motley Crue's good music, and um, they're ordered in such a way that if you listen to them in this order, you'll get something else out of them rather than if you just listen to them individually. There's an emotional flow to them. They they
0: sequence well with each other and... By the end, you should have a cathartic emotional experience.
1: So if you have listened to them before, or if you haven't listened to them before, um, there is a link in the description of this episode to a Spotify playlist. If you go all the way to the bottom, there will be seven songs. Six will be by Motley Crue, and one of them will be the bonus song, which we'll get to later. Um, So if you want to listen along with us, or I guess... Pause and go listen to the songs. Then feel free to do that. Um, but I think let's go ahead and get into the six songs. So first song.
0: Shout, shout, shout. shout. shout at the devil.
1: See, look, I can sing just like Vince. Mm-hmm. Um, it
0: sounded just like the video. <laughs> uh,
1: shout at the devil, off of the album of the same title we yes. mentioned earlier. That was their second album. Uh huh. Um, really in your face. This is a great. Opener to the set.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, there's there's several I could have picked from. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Doctor Feelgood would have been a great one to put in there, but just I don't to, know. Just to this me, this one you can't beat it. This this yeah, this was the best opener they ever made. Yeah, and especially within the beginning, right before it, right. kind of hyping things up.
1: The the weird synthy, like loudspeaker thing. What are you talking about?
0: where it's you've got the kind of the preacher talking oh. about children of the beast. Yes.
1: Yeah. No, that's in that's in the music video. Um and it's on the album. Okay, see I didn't know that. Yep. I just thought they made it just for the music video. Um and then of course you mentioned earlier that most of their stuff is about like girls and drugs and and music.
0: Mhm. You know, sex so this, drugs rock and roll. Yeah, so this was kind of a rare yeah. foray into true metal. Yep. So uh, if we didn't, I don't think I said it before, but the main songwriter was Nikki Six. He was kind yep. of the main one writing all their big hits, which really kind of made up for his uh, so-so bass playing that mm. made him an, an essential member. Is that- I don't
1: know about so-so. It does what it needs to do. It's the it's the Michael Anthony
0: type. Yeah, but I think Michael Anthony was better. Okay. Uh, <laughs> He, Nikki Sixx always struck me as someone that, that wishes he could play the guitar, but mm. he's going to play bass instead because they've got Mick Mars.
1: Well, I mean, and so he, I it, would also play bass if Mick Mars was the guitarist, yeah. so. Um,
0: but I mean, his, his songwriting makes him, you know, you can't do without him. Yeah. Um, and he was the one of the band that was really into the occult during, because mm. he was dating Lita Ford. Mm. at that time, which, another iconic 80s metal. That's interesting. She was kind of like the first um, woman to be a big metal star. Did that famous duet with Ozzy, Close "Close My Eyes Forever. Yeah, I I
1: used to listen to that song a lot, yeah. But, um, no, this song starts off with kind of that opening guitar, like, dun-dun-dun-dun, and you got these drums. And you can you can feel like the fists in the air, like the fist pumping, shout, uh-huh. you know. Um, yes. This we were at you and I and um, my dad and Trenton were at um, a local venue where a cover band was playing Vanguard. this song. Yeah, the Vanguard at at downtown Tulsa, which Club. we might play
0: at sometimes.
1: Um, which would be re- I'm really looking forward to that. Yeah, um, If fifty two. Come check us out so.
0: if, if you. Uh, we'll 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 announce on here when. Our dates are once they get set.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, but they started a set with this song. I think they might have started their first set with this song.
0: Yeah, they did. They and, they started within the beginning, and mm-hmm. then it went right into "Shout at the Devil."
1: And it was it was a great opener. Yeah, it got the crowd that was there to really get into it, and lots of energy was built up in the song, and it it, it led to a great live performance. Um, so. It was a good opener.
0: Yeah. I'll say. So this, this song was actually the first Motley Crue song I had ever heard. Okay. And so I'm, I'm a little partial to how I feel about it. And uh, yeah, this, this song just rips. Mm-hmm. This is a song where you really know right up front what kind of vocalist you're dealing with. Because right. he goes for that high part in the verses and he's like, it's like he's quite not hitting it, but at the same time it kind of doesn't matter. Yeah. But you can't understand a word he's saying.
1: Yeah, no, <laughs> not I, at I all. I give
0: up trying to sing along with it. Not because I can't hit the note because I'm just like, I don't know what to say. I'm just yeah. like blurting gibberish and it, mm-hmm. I bet he is too. <laughs> Although I know, I just, I haven't ever like looked at the lyrics hard enough to be like, okay. Yeah. Um... And guitar solo is mm-hmm. is really powerful. All of
1: song. all of his guitar solos are great. He is right up there with with the top of the top of the hair metal guitarists. I, I yeah. And he does a lot of track layering. He's my know? favorite part of the band. Um, oh, me too. Yeah, no doubt. Um, and it... Kind of, we, we mentioned Dimebag earlier. He does a lot of the same things as, as him, does a lot of guitar track layering. Sometimes they're just guitar tracks that are only there for like a scrape intro to a guitar solo.
0: Mm-hmm. That's,
1: the, that's the only reason for the track. Hmm. And that's something that, for example, Van Halen wouldn't do. Yeah. You know, they wanted everything to be live.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and obviously, Mick Mars can pull that off live. No big deal. Um, but just because the record has a little bit more quality to it they're willing to put extra track and i don't know what kind of implications that has for for listening but um that's something that i i've noticed about Molly
0: Crew, and i kind of
1: appreciate so um this song other than to me at least other than the build-up at the beginning there's not much significant about it
0: yeah because it's just a powerful the
1: riff that in the verse, is the same riff as Dr. Feelgood. It, very close, at least. It's got the same um, A or G, F, D.
0: Okay. Kind I'm of trying, to, I'm, al- trying to, I'm trying to listen to it in my head here. Yeah,
1: okay. I'll, I'll, I'll give you a second, but um, it...
0: I mean, it's w- not that similar.
1: I mean, w- <sighs> kind of. It kind of is. Well, okay. all all that to say Dr. Feelgood did it better Uh, (laughs) Eh,
0: I disagree with that
1: okay well this is why we have this podcast
0: and and I I love Dr. Feelgood it's one of my favorite songs of theirs it might be a contender for my favorite song but I yeah same but I do think that uh Shout at the Devil did it a little better just because again it it's so fitting for you know what they're singing about and for the just the whole mood of the album
1: right okay
0: um Funny enough, this is the song in the set that my son loves the most. But <laughs> I just tell him it's called "Shout" and not "Shout at the Devil." <laughs> and he just, whenever he gets to that bar, he goes "Shine a Lighty," <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "Good job, <laughs> good job." And I'll ask him, "What's what's your favorite Motley Crue song?" "Shout." <laughs> <laughs> um, my uh,
1: my dad tried to convince me that the song was like shout at the devil isn't like shouting against the devil no
0: i i i I tried to convince myself of that once.
1: i i at this point i don't even care no i don't care either you know what they're singing about does not necessarily reflect what i believe no and that's okay
0: so it's it's a listener artist separation yep so um and let me tell you what nikki six uh got out of the occult very quickly after recording this album because he said that tons of weird crap started to happen Ooh. and he started to get pretty freaked out and it was just like I probably shouldn't mess with this stuff <laughs> Smart idea mhm um, so so then that leads us to what actually is the next song on the album oh that's convenient mhm looks like you did that out. with soundgarden I did. Sometimes the one-two punch is so good yeah. that you should just leave it be.
1: Yeah. So this song would be Looks That Kill. Yes. And you were mentioning earlier this is a, also a contender for your favorite Motley Crue song, right? Yes. And I, you want to put this on our playlist, on yes. our Area 52 playlist.
0: Uh-huh. To me, this is the quintessential Motley Crue song.
1: <laughs> no. No. I think
0: it is. No. I'm not saying that it's the best song they ever wrote, but it's just like... Wild
1: Side is their song. Mm. Other than Home Sweet Home. You gotta get rid of Home Sweet Home, because that's their commercial hit.
0: Yeah, and none, none, none of their other stuff sounds like that. Right. To me, just like, you distill everything that's Motley Crue into one song, and it's Looks That Kill. First off, it's the song that really broke them big. Uh, mm-hmm. That video was a huge hit for them. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's it's one of their most classic lyrics. Mm-hmm. Just, you know, she's got looks that kill. That's, mm-hmm. that's as Motley Crue as it gets. Yeah. Um, the riff, iconic. Yeah. Great solo. Uh, I really like the drumming in this song. Yep. And just everything is just really contained. I also think it's one of... Vince Neil's best vocal performances. Oh, yeah, that's He actually actually really does hit those higher
1: And when he has a little bit of that uh, raspiness to his Mm -hmm. voice in the chorus. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, One one of the things that I noticed, and I don't know if it means anything, but I'm going to say it anyway, because you never know. Um, The riff, the main riff, when um, it's during the verse, and it's during that post-chorus, like the, Mm
0: she, God, that's that's the same notes as uh
1: bark at the moon so um and the uh that's um cashmere same notes as cashmere
0: i do know that this song came out before bark at the moon
1: well and and i would be totally surprised if jakey lee meant to copy that yeah i mean because that's a great progression and, and it also will come up in uh, the bonus song, um, in a in a different light, a different key. Um, but it's about
0: how you use it.
1: Yeah, and you and, can. There's
0: only so many combinations of notes.
1: Yes, that's true. And I wouldn't be surprised if they were Led Zeppelin guys.
0: Oh yeah, Every, you know? everyone was at that point. Right, and and because um, at this point, this is the it, generation that kind of grew right. up on Zeppelin, and it
1: it just. Subconsciously, Mick Mars wrote that progression, not thinking it was catchy. So, yeah, there you go. I didn't, I didn't know if they were Motley Crue guys, but they are. If they, they're obviously Motley
0: Crue. Um, if they were Led Zeppelin <laughs> guys, they, um, I mean, I don't see how they aren't.
1: I don't see how they aren't either.
0: Because you know,
1: there's some evidence at least. Um, it's one of the biggest things I noticed, and you're right. The lyrics are very Motley Crue.
0: Yeah, I just I think that, again, I'm not saying like this because I I reserve another song in this set to be probably the best song they ever wrote. Okay. But as far as just like if you if you show someone one Motley Crue, as far as just like trying to explain to them what is this song about, what is this band about, right? You know what are all the different things that are signature to them? I think this is the song you show them, and they're going to get a very good idea.
1: Uh, mm. see, I think that would uh, that would be the next song or one of the songs off that same album. But um,
0: I also, you know, what I might also be biased because I really, really like this song.
1: Uh, well, it's a good song. It was
0: kind of this like is... it, this wasn't the first Motley Crue song I heard, but it was the first song that I actively liked this, and was just like oh okay let, let's let's check out some more motley
1: crew this is a good song but i will say it's probably my least favorite of all seven of this episode
0: Hmm. interesting
1: um but th- i guess even though it is my least favorite i still like it that's a testament to their songwriting ability mm-hmm. um and i think we should move on to the next song yeah because i did just mention that it is the Motley Crue song, or a contender, in my mind. This is Girls, Girls, Girls. Yes. Guess what it's about. Um,
0: it's about boys.
1: <laughs> it's just about guys being dudes.
0: Uh, I mean, that's not too far off. <laughs> Especially with the cat calling that goes on later in the yep. song.
1: And I love the riff to this song. This
0: is one of the best riffs.
1: This is such a good riff. And it's got really good um, theme and variation, too. Yeah. Because... It's it's kind of a bum 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 at the core. He's mm-hmm. just doing a little um embellishing on it for the main riff. Uh-huh. And they'll they'll strip away the rest of that for the bridge. Mm-hmm. And it just
0: Oh yeah. So Anyway. you as that's knowledgeable in guitars and guitar sounds and techniques, yes. there's a sound that Mick Mars uses that he also uses along Dr. Feelgood where it uses a wow like when it's uh coming out of that like bridge section where they're doing and he does like this it's like this weird like vibrato effect on his guitar where it's it's like
1: are you are okay so are you talking about the same thing that he does at the intro of dr feelgood
0: yeah Yeah. so um
1: that's probably he's probably hitting a natural harmonic um which is for those of you don't know um you'll like put your finger over a fret, like a particular fret, in this case it's probably like the 5th or 7th, but you won't actually fret down that note. Um, and then play it, and it'll it'll play a harmonic. Um, then he'll probably use, in the case of Dr. Feelgood, he is using the uh, tremolo bar to like oh, kind of change it, change the pitch, and like, Make the wow wow wow. It just you know.
0: sounds so good. I, it is. I always wondered what he was doing to get that sound.
1: Oh oh, I'm hearing. I'm hearing what you're saying now. Yeah, that is what he's doing. Okay. Um, I had to.
0: Because I've, I've heard the it there, and I've heard. Him. I mean, he uses it way more frequently in Doctor Feelgood. That's like one of the main parts of the song. Yeah. Is him
1: and that's yeah. he. There's a line where he does that in, in Looks That Kill. I mean, you just talked about mm-hmm. Looks That Kill where he does that high, <whistles> you know, he's probably pulling it back maybe or he could be going from low and then just releasing mm-hmm. it. But um, that's a thing that's really common in hair metal. Van Halen does that all the time. Yeah. Um, so, man, it's just hair metal fiesta.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But, um, yes, no, this song, great riff. Great songwriting. It feels like there's so much jam back jam, jam There's a lot packed of sections to this it, song. But it's like four four and a half minutes. Yeah. It's like Welcome to the Jungle. It's like how can you have like eight million bridges
0: mm-hmm.
1: in a four and a half minute song?
0: Yeah. This is kind of the first extended solo that we get from Mick because it's Oh yeah. Uh, shout cause out to
1: the go, del- go back into the um the uh backing vocals mm-hmm. and he's still selling.
0: Yeah. Uh, this it's one of my favorite solos of his
1: mm-hmm. agreed and uh when they do the um bridge where he's like you know they'll dance for me and he mm-hmm. plays that lead line that guitar tone is probably the best lead guitar tone okay. of all time
0: of all time
1: Ooh. Of and certainly of his Okay. Because, um... All time. Especially when he he hits that... I can think of some people. I think it's like he ends on, like, the five, and they're in, like, the four, and so it makes, like, a four-sus-two or something weird. Mm. I don't even know. You'll just have to listen to that part of the song if you're listening to this podcast, and you'll have to agree with me that it's a great guitar tone.
0: Well, everyone that's hearing this is listening to the podcast.
1: Well, okay. I'm, I'm... I'm distinguishing the fact that I'm talking to them and not you. Yeah. But um, uh, yeah. Well, I hope they're listening to the podcast because that that would kind of violate a couple laws of physics.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But anyway, I think that's a really good guitar tone. I've always had that lead line stuck in my head ever since I first heard this song. Mm-hmm. And every time it comes in the song, I'm like, ooh, yes.
0: Okay. Yeah. That's my little rant. Yeah. Hey, no, that's good. <laughs> Normally, I do the ranting, so it's nice to kind of let you uh, jabber on for a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Because, um, I mean, I like Motley Crue, but I'm not near as passionate about it as you are. I don't know if I'm
1: that that passionate. Well, okay. Compared to you, maybe.
0: Yeah.
1: I'm just passionate about their music. I'm not necessarily passionate about them and their history. and.
0: See, I'm more intru- I mean, again... Don't take this as I don't like Motley Crue. I really do. I think that they were the best of the hair metal bands. Okay. but I
1: will not argue with that.
0: I'm not someone that listens to Motley Crue a lot Like in my like free time. Mm. There's other bands that I tend to listen to first. Yeah, me too. But when they're on, I'm like, oh yeah, this yeah. is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Um... It was a fun band to research for and to do the <laughs> listening for.
1: Um, this song was really close to being my favorite,
0: but I know what it is, but I think you know what and it is where is. we're going next. No, it's not really, <laughs> no,
1: it's not. And, and then obviously you know what it is now. Yeah. So, um, and, and I'll get to why later. There's a lot of reasons. Um, I really debated over which one was my favorite, but,
0: um, um I we should to go be. to the next song. Yeah.
1: So next song is live wire off their first album. Too Fast for Love
0: the opening track so for a lot of people this was their introduction to Mötley Crüe That's a great introduction
1: It would it would be a better I- introduction if the kick drum didn't overpower everything Yeah So if you can find it listen to a remastered version
0: so, Yeah this this song this song is is very much um, different than a lot of their other material but I felt it's just it's kind of thrash I felt that it was important to show in this set just how good of musicians they were
1: mm-hmm. uh, and,
0: particularly yeah. Tommy Lee gets to unleash more than normal on this song using the double kick pedal he's got that great little drum spotlight towards the end of the song mm-hmm. uh, I mean everyone knows Tommy Lee for his drum stunts yeah the, you know, spinning, the spinning spinning the and, 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 and the roller coaster mm-hmm. the crucify right um and
1: yeah I, one of the things I'll point out on this song is that in the chorus there seems to be like a chord progression
0: mm-hmm. the
1: guitar is playing the same riff for every chord it's the it's Nikki six on the bass that's carrying the progression mm, interesting um, and there's great backing vocals on this song and Vince Neal actually does not sound terrible yeah I think he actually really brings this song home with yes, the with the, uh, with the chorus. And I always thought, I've, I've heard this song many times before I actually knew the name of this song. And because of Vince Neal and his bad pronunciation of lyrics, I always thought he was saying hallelujah.
0: Hallelujah. <laughs> That's funny. Because, I
1: mean, like, they also have songs like Shout at the Devil. So I'm like, oh, maybe they're maybe this is one of their, like, occult songs.
0: Hallelujah to Satan.
1: Yeah. You, well, yeah. But, um, so, hearing that this song was called Live Wire, I was like, oh, that makes more sense, because music.
0: This, <laughs> when they use this song in the movie, I think was my favorite part of the movie. Because they're, it's like, they're auditioning um Mick Mars and Vince Neal for the first time. Mm-hmm. And uh they're like, they're trying the song out with a couple other guitarists and they can't play it as fast. They, you right. know, they kind of do like... And they're all just like, Oh, can you play it a little faster? No. And then Mick Mars comes in, he's like, you know being a jerk to them but then he just picks it up you just hear they go through the whole song just like them jamming it
1: so did they write that song before they joined her was no that was just that was was just theatrics
0: that was theatrics for the movie but just seeing them play it and it's you know they're just they're in i think it was like nikki six uh like apartment (laughs) <laughs> and there's, like, a couple of Vince Neil's girlfriends there just watching, and he's, like, you know, putting the moves on them while he's singing, but just seeing them playing that, because they all learned how to play instruments for the movie, like, you right. know, even though they're miming to the real track, you know, it does look like they're playing the song. Right? They're, they're you know, they're hitting the right beats, the fingers are, at least to my uneducated mind, look like they're in the right spot. Right, as
1: opposed to the Super Bowl halftime show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Metallica. A room for Metallica. It'll, next never, year. it'll, it'll never, never happen. It'll never happen. Hey, like I said, we can dream. Because Can't we?
0: they'll never make people talk and debate and get worked up like J Lo and Shakira can. Yeah. Because that's what they truly want. They don't care about the performance. They just want people to talk about it and tweet them, and because that's how they make their money.
1: Yeah, okay. Well, they're okay. Gonna, they're
0: never going to pick anyone safe again.
1: That's true. Um,
0: it's funny to say that someone like Metallica is safe, but I mean, it really is. They, they, they're not going to be controversial. Like, yeah. Um, anyway. And then no one talks about your performance the next day. That's
1: true. Um, unless you're a metalhead, then I would be all over it. But anyway. There won't be enough people. <laughs> um, goodness, so, where were we?
0: Yeah, so wire. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I love this song. This is a this is a hard contender for me for my favorite song. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it's fun to play. Yeah. It's something that I would love to play in a band. I know. Line. We gotta convince Guy. And
1: Brian. Brian doesn't like anything before Dr. Field
0: Well, you know what? He doesn't pick the songs, Brian.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we, we gotta we like Brian though.
0: Yeah, we like Brian, but
1: So we gotta keep Brian happy.
0: Ultimately though, Guy picks all the songs yeah no one no one else gets to pick any Except well i'm sure you picked some um
1: too. i did but pick some well uh, you are family so that, that jared helps. convinced uh him to put rainbow in the yeah, dark yeah
0: which i'm totally for
1: yeah
0: it's a great song
1: huh.
0: i mean there's better Dio <laughs> songs but that's still a great yeah. song
1: but probably gonna adapt that synth line to guitar anyway okay back to live longer uh <laughs> big high energy song at the end of the song it's notable they do like a little extra measure between Mm -hmm. the riff
0: it's little deep things like that that just show that okay this isn't just you know they're not
1: going to be just a pop group
0: uh uh-huh like they're 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 doing some interesting things
1: kind of kind of pushing the limit which is really great and kind of indicative of the rest that they're going to do for the rest of their career um because the songs that we looked Previously, they've done similar stuff, where it's Mm -hmm. kind of different, a little bit different outside of the mainstream, um, which eventually became mainstream. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is a short song, total kick in the pants, um, and then it really slows down for probably, I would say, their most widely accepted piece of music yeah which
0: is home sweet home it was the it was the crossover hit right so you know i talked about in our journey episode which go check out our journey episode mm. it's journey. really it's really good journey's really <laughs> good they were like one of the first rock bands to like do the big sappy power ballad mm-hmm. and be really successful with it mhm you know, a lot of times these rock bands would do those ballads and it would kind of fall flat, right? Be filler on the album, right? And uh, faithfully ended up being this huge, huge oh, monster yeah. band. Same with Open Arms, and then Motley Crue kind of became the first like metal band to try a song like that,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it really. I worked
1: mean, for what them. year was
0: that? That was '84.
1: Was that before "Ride the Lightning"?
0: Yeah, but that wasn't a radio hit.
1: Fade to Black.
0: It wasn't a radio oh, hit. Rich. I'm talking about. I'm talking about like having a big oh they, hit not, on the not chart. Not they were the
1: first to try it, but they were the first to successfully
0: do yes. it. Okay.
1: Yes. Okay. I got you now. Okay.
0: Um, you know, so they put out that, and honestly, the song was written because they were having trouble getting a hit. On that album, because that's one of their—I would say—that's the weakest album of their '80s hmm. albums. Theater of Pain. They were uh, the drugs were really starting to take hold at that point. Mm-hmm.
1: Um,
0: but you know, "Home Sweet Home" ends up becoming like the biggest hit during the '80s for them. Right.
1: Um, this this one also has a, a notable music video intro, and yeah. it's got a it's got a it obviously has a music video because it was
0: um popular this this is the mtv era
1: yeah and um it's you know they're all in their respective lives and they get a phone call and they say i'm on my way and mick is sitting in you know when he gets his call he's in like some lair underground surrounded by vampires (laughs) and nameless (laughs) ghouls and i have uh, not seen this video but i need to i'm on my way (laughs) So um, that, <laughs> I, I kind of found that a little bit funny. Yeah. And then, of course, they go into the, the song in the music video. Uh, but this song, I, I mentioned earlier that Tommy Lee was the drummer and the pianist. And that is because there's a piano in this song. That Yes, the same band who did Live Wire has a song with a piano in it.
0: And I, th- I thought it would be <laughs> interesting to, like just have this hard turn from this yeah. high energy to oh, yeah. just all of a sudden just like we're... I feel like the contrast kind of really works.
1: Yeah, and, and there is not a starker contrast for this band, I don't think, uh-huh. of two very successful We're persons. We're
0: looking at all sides.
1: Right, and I think live, Tommy Lee will actually turn around and there's a piano behind him.
0: Yeah, because the, the they, there's never drums at the time that the piano's playing, I right. believe. Mm-hmm. Unless... They're, unless I, I think there's piano maybe in the second verse... I think
1: at the very beginning, there's a little bit of crossover, but in the second verse, it it sounds like there's, no, I think you're right, there is piano. I was thinking it was just that acoustic guitar. Mm
0: -hmm. Now, whenever they did their final show, or their, you know, now it's not their final show, but Mm -hmm. when they closed out that fake farewell tour, that Mm -hmm. was the last song of the set that they did, Mm -hmm. and Vince Neil was like crying all over himself at the Mm -hmm. end of it.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, this chorus does not get old
0: yeah my it's great uh, I, I, de- <laughs> I debated having this be the last song and mm-hmm. maybe not even putting it in the set because I wanted to save it as a future last song if mm. we ever come to Motley Crue again mm. but then I was just like honestly though I need to have this because of the song that I really want to put at the end Yeah, I've got to have this song first um,
1: but I mentioned earlier Carrie Underwood Covered this song, I think it was Carrie Underwood, and the only reason I know that is because there was some DVD that somebody made about this production that I did in high school, and it was like a lot of the behind the scenes of like us doing different stuff, and I don't know. And I I heard it, and I'm like, "Hey, I know this tune. This is a Motley Crue song." And I turn to my friend, who's also a Motley Crue fan, and I'm going like, "It's Home Sweet Home," and he says. Yeah, but this is the Carrie Underwood version. And my mind exploded because it's not supposed to be like that. But And the, and the reason why it's is because... Things are not it's,
0: supposed to be different. They,
1: they I, you know, we mentioned earlier that there's an acoustic guitar in the second verse. And that's the ultimate theme in variation is when you have the same chord progression, but you have different instrumentation, slightly mm-hmm. different implementation of everything. Yeah. And they do that so well mm-hmm. throughout the entire song. Yeah, you know Pearl Jam did a lot of that on Black. Mm-hmm. You know they they run out that chorus for like two or three minutes. Yeah, and they do the same thing on Home Sweet Home here. Motley Crue does. Mm-hmm. Um, so that is yeah. awesome. Yeah, this is this is one
0: of the <laughs> ultimate power ballads. Yes, I mean just it's it's set the template for what some you know without this song we probably wouldn't get on Every rose has its thorn. Or right. I remember you. Mm-hmm. Um Or a Heaven. Or
1: what? By Warrant, not like the real Heaven.
0: Oh. Well, <laughs> I was I was thinking Heaven by Brian Adams and I was like, he's not hair yeah. metal. Which uh, that is another great ballad. Yeah, yeah. Power ballad. Um ripping guitar solo on this song.
1: Yeah, which is also an extended guitar solo because they'll go through that backing vocal again like they did on Girls mm-hmm. Girls Girls. Um and yeah, man. Mick Mars really is the greatest of this band. Yeah. Um, it is... This song is very hard to describe because there's a lot of emotion that they're able to portray through...
0: It's amazing... The simplest
1: chord progression.
0: <laughs> it's amazing how how pure they're able to make this. hmm Like, you hear this and you don't hear a band that is singing about all of their exploits with women. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've always found that this, I've just been very impressed by how innocent it almost sounds. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah.
0: And how Vince Neal was able to kind of fit his voice into that mold. Right.
1: Um, a notable thing, music theory wise, is you know how Stairway to Heaven, it, the bass line will kind of descend chromatically.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: Um, at least in the opening. The piano line, the bass line, also descends chromatically, but the root note stays the same. You know, he'll play C and then he'll play E minor, which the one-two-three minor is actually the most quote-unquote depressing chord change in all of music. Hmm. But then he keeps going down to what I think would end up being like an E diminished, which doesn't make musical sense if you're in C major, but then we're still in C. We can still kind of argue that we're still in the C-land, and then... um,
0: Mommy, I want to go to (laughs) C-land next winter.
1: (laughs) There is a country called C-land. Anyway, but the the one chord will resolve to the four chord according to music theory, Yeah. and the four chord is F, and so the whole chord progression is basically C, and then... A C equivalent that's more depressing, and another C equivalent that's even more depressing.
0: And then, and then it awesome. Hey, that's...
1: So it resolves. Yeah. It's a happy, sad... It's sappy. Sappy. It's a sappy corporation. There you go. It... I don't know how they wrote this, because it's obviously Tommy Lee writing it. I mean, because, you know. hmm But, um, I don't even think they knew what they were doing when they did it.
0: It probably just was like, hey, this sounds good.
1: Yeah, yeah. As opposed to, like, Elton John knowing exactly what he's doing on the piano. Uh-huh. They were probably just like, hey, check this out. But that's why it's so powerful. Mm-hmm. It comes from the heart. There's the there's a, there's a chromatic descent and then there's a resolution. Yes.
0: If you're going to use dissonance and chromaticism, you got to use it as a tool either to create stress or to relieve stress. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then
1: that's only the verse... Obviously, the chorus has. Is there a key
0: change when he gets to the chorus? Um,
1: it'll it'll go up to what I think is the uh, minor third.
0: Yeah, because it feels like it'll there's there's a musical change once to you the get four, there. Four, and then
1: back down to the one. Right, and well, actually, it's the it's it goes up by a minor third, but it is the major chord of the minor third. Yeah. If you know music theory, you know what I'm talking about. I just know when
0: things sound unique.
1: So, for example, if you were to play a G major, and then an A major, and then an E major, that's mm-hmm. the same kind of progression that this is. And so, he But can, it creates
0: for a soaring right. quality, which so is what can, that chorus needs.
1: So he can sing in C minor, or what I think is C minor, mm-hmm. um, and I, I'll have to plunk it out on the piano, um, for the first half of the chorus, and then he can change to C major, which is very grunge.
0: Yeah, okay.
1: <laughs> and that there's not much tie-in to that, to, to the grunge, um, because obviously Molly Crew can't do grunge.
0: Yeah,
1: um, but true. But that's, that's the same thing we talked in our Soundgarden episode about Black Hole Sun, mm-hmm. um, that that change from the minor to the major is, is really pleasing. So anyway, there's a lot of music theory packed into that song that yeah. I don't think they even meant to do, but yeah, Who knows? I have I've analyzed did. this song in, in my head and in my dreams and in, dream. in my walking to and from wherever I'm going to. Did you, uh, over the did past you, few did you study
0: it in your home sweet home?
1: Um, no, <laughs> I studied it in my dorm sweet dorm. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, um, so it ends on a soft hearted note. And then mm-hmm. we get into the big, for lack of a better term, epic. Yes. Um, because Motley Crew kinda does, you know, kick in the pants uh-huh. songs. Um, Kickstart My Heart off the uh, off of the Doctor Feel Good album.
0: Yes. Um which My just, favorite we, Motley Crue song.
1: Which I'm yeah, and my my favorite on this list as well. Um, and oh my goodness. I'm gonna let you talk about this song, yeah, because I've been talking for a while. <laughs> You're
0: good. So, um, I got the idea of using this as a closer song when I saw the dirt, and this was the song that they played over the close over the credits of the mm-hmm. movie. Like they have, because the movie ends with them reuniting with Vince in the late '90s and them going back on stage. And you, at first, "Home Sweet Home" is playing because mm-hmm. that's kind of that's kind of the song that like follows them through the movie. It's kind of like the, like you know, the song when there's an emotional moment, right. and so they're walking out on stage, and it's, I'm on my way just in a home sweet home, and it's like it shows their backs, and then you just hear. Mm-hmm. And, then it, and then the credits start going.
1: Which, which there's Mick Mars using his tremolo yeah. bar again to do cool sounds.
0: He does the coolest stuff in this song. Mm.
1: There's so much.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. And oh yeah. So th- it starts off with a really weird turnaround. It always throws me off. On because Tommy Lee comes in with the drums. Bah, da, da, bah, da, and then there's some place where I don't know if I'm just like missing I'm, it or misinterpreting, I'm, but I always get thrown off on where the one is you, when they come in counting, with the
1: main group. Are you counting the one is when the one and the three when he hits the drums? Because I think that's the two and the
0: four. Oh, it is. But okay. still, there's somewhere that I'm like I get thrown off, and I don't know if it's just me or if there actually is a bit of a an intentional <sighs> adding or dropping of a bar. I don't or remember a anything. Measure. Like that. But I've heard that song way too many times, so I'm probably just used to it. But every time I listen, I, I know if I sat down, I could figure it out. But, like, every time I catch... I mean right before Vince comes in. Like, yeah, it's when it t- switches to the main beat. So... Oh. Where it comes in there. There's something in there that always throws me off. Mm-hmm. And I can't ever tell if they, like, if there is an extra bead or if they drop a mm-hmm. bead or if I'm just, like, stupid and can't hear where the one is. <laughs>
1: I, I could not tell you because I'm so used to the way this song sounds. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, this song, I think, if I were to ever produce a well-made record, I would want songs just like this. Yes. Because it has a natural progression of great intro Really sets up the vocal line, high energy, chorus that really gets you to sing along to it's it. The best
0: chorus. It's the
1: best chorus. Oh my goodness!
0: So you I know, don't know how you they know, recorded the back? You of know what the song's like about, right?
1: Uh, cars.
0: Well, <laughs> I think not. No, it's I don't just know. In general, about excitement and adrenaline. Oh. You know, they talk. They talk about you know getting on stage and that's kickstart. But the song was inspired by Nikki Six overdosing on heroin. Oh. And he actually died. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. So he 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 flatlined mm-hmm. and the paramedic in the ambulance was a Motley Crue fan and like wouldn't give up on him and eventually got a shot of adrenaline right into his heart and that's what brought him back. <laughs> well on, on the second try. No way. Like like a normal person, he would have been dead. But mm-hmm. because he was a Motley Crue fan, he just like, "You won't die on
1: me, Nikki Six. This is a normal person. This is a famous person. Uh-huh. Let's take him to the special hospital.
0: <laughs> and just yeah, they They're did the family. first one, didn't work. The second one, he, yeah, you know, Pulp Fiction style. Mm. And you know, that's that was right before they started doing Doctor Feel Good.
1: So there you go.
0: And so he. That's that was the inspiration for that song. He someone literally kickstarted his heart.
1: Crazy, wow,
0: that's actually kind of cool. Yeah, it's it's one of the more cool stories on kind of how their songs are written because <laughs> oh, yeah. it's got this really great story behind it. Yeah. Um, but also, the thing that makes us a perfect finale song is when it goes to that downbridge and you look at the lyrics. Vince mm-hmm. is summing up their career. Yeah, like he's t- when we started this band, all we needed was a laugh we've been around and i've said that we've kicked some ass like kind of just looking mm-hmm. back it's just like yeah we we did good but now we're here and we're going to continue <laughs> we go out on the stage i would agree with adrenal- that. going out on the stage adrenaline running through my veins and
1: that's probably one of the best written bridges of the hair metal genre yeah because because of the lyrics it, and it it very quickly but seamlessly goes down into that mm-hmm. lower dynamic yeah. and then there's the hits and they'll do the halftime chorus. And one of my favorite things is a halftime chorus. Yeah. And But yeah, just oh, even symbolically oh, for the
0: set. It's ooh. it's looking back. This is the the latest release on the set, because it's at the end of that whole era. Is that at the end of that album? No. It was it was on like on the vinyl, it was like on the end of side A. So okay. there's still like, you know, same old situation comes on after that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um but I think for the set, it's kind of like it's looking back and then looking into the unknown future. Mm -hmm. And so it feels right to have that as a final statement. Yeah. Kind of a little bit of sentimentality to it while at the same time a bold declaration to continue moving forward.
1: Right. Um, And then the song gets really crazy after that. Yeah. And Mick Mars turns on the vocoder. Uh Uh-huh. And, you know... The tube in your mouth kind of vocoder, yeah, um, which is really gross, <laughs> but gets it the job it's, done. it sounds it sounds pretty cool, mm-hmm, especially um, when
0: it culminates at the end with the Get Get
1: my God, yeah, and and he's actually saying that through the vocoder, mm-hmm. um, and so he'll play the solo and it gets to the end and uh, Vince Neil will be like, okay, boys, let's rock the house, but he'll actually sing it. And I'm not gonna try to sing it. Um,
0: or is and then they pe- do
1: a trash can ending, and then they keep going, and then they keep going, and then they finally end it.
0: Yeah, it's uh <laughs> it's the it's the one big rock ending yeah. of the set. You know, yeah. a lot of the other ones have fade outs or right. or um, you know, kind of you know, like these having the note ring out at and- the end. This is this is the this is the song to cap it off to where we just we get to have that big cathartic release mm-hmm. of they're just going crazy and and it,
1: it makes it another good reason why this song is a good ender. Yeah. Because they just get it all out. Mm-hmm. So, um, goodness. Um,
0: goodness.
1: Well, I don't, I was choking on something but I, like, I'm not eating anything or drinking anything. But, whatever. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> this is my favorite song the set just because of Good intro, the excellent backing vocals mm-hmm. on the chorus. It gets you to sing along. I don't care who you are, you will be forced to sing along to the song.
0: The, the other night, I was putting my son in the car, and he was singing at the top of his lungs. Whoa! Yeah! Geeks! I'm around over my stars! Whoa! Yeah!
1: Baby! I mean, that's probably what I sound like with the track not on while yeah. I'm in my car
0: oh it was yeah. so funny and I I was just like I hope other houses hear this that they understand that I have a cool son
1: <laughs> um but yeah so this song once again this is another reason why I think Dr. Feelgood is their best album is because it's songs like this that if it was on an earlier album would not have had the good backing vocals it wouldn't have had the perfect um, guitar line in the and and the little bass run in mm-hmm. the uh, bridge. Um, that's probably not something that they would have done on their earlier <laughs> albums. They probably would not have let that emotional
0: mm-hmm.
1: downturn. I wouldn't. I don't want to say downturn because that makes it sound dark. But like lower dynamics.
0: Yeah. Uh huh.
1: So, um, yeah. Anyway.
0: So those are our I'll songs. Say, yeah, that's, those are our songs. <laughs> so we're going to take a small break. When we come back, we're going to look at the bonus song. Pretty awesome bonus song. Great bonus song. So uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back.
1: Welcome back to the Good Music Podcast. We just finished our set of Motley Crue songs, and it's time for us to get into the bonus song and our final thoughts. So, mm-hmm. Lucas, what is a bonus song?
0: Bonus song is a song from... Either a l- less known artist or a less important artist that still made good music. Uh, an artist that I normally would not um, dedicate an entire episode to. Right. There will be exceptions. You know, there could be bands that I don't think are important at the time. And the more I look into them, perhaps I'll be like, yeah, sure, let's do an episode on them. Mm-hmm. But for the most part, you know, they g- it's going to be reserved for the one-hit wonders, the, right. uh, the looked-over artists... Mm-hmm. The ones that maybe all their music wasn't great, but they had, like, one or two really good songs.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I also try and make sure that there's some kind of connection between the bonus song and the main uh, artist that we're talking about. Okay. So, the song that we're looking at is Seventeen by Winger. Woo! So, there's no personal connection. This is just, in my opinion, a, uh, a criminally underrated hair metal oh, song. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: So underrated.
0: Um, for the guitar playing alone. Mm-hmm. This is, this is top level. This is
1: another thing where you're going to hate my dad for, but he does not like this song.
0: God, I just don't And understand. I was
1: telling him we should put this on the playlist. Yeah. And we really should. I mean, it sounds like Rat. Uh-huh. I honestly thought it was a Rat song when I first heard this song mm-hmm. and i've known the chorus for this song I just, forever I,
0: I just don't understand your dad's taste i don't understand it either it's it's so it's so subjective it's so
1: particular yeah like it's not even a certain genre that he likes it's just certain songs but whatever um i'll just say it's a great song it starts with um a really cool like melodic lead line um, which is very similar, once again, to Bark at the Moon I, mm-hmm. I mentioned earlier. Um, and it's also really fun to play. Um, I was playing it earlier Yeah, in the I garage. heard you. Yeah.
0: Um, this would be a great one to jam sometime. Oh, oh yeah.
1: And the the verse um, has a lot of weird offbeat hits. Yeah. And they'll kind of wait around a little bit and then hit on like You a, can tell
0: yeah. that, that this is a band composed of truly talented musicians yeah. that are just like, let's just be in a dumb hair metal band. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of, that's kind of pretty much what Whitesnake was. Right. And those... those, those were guys that were <laughs> too good to be. Right. That does, they were, the hair <laughs> metal genre didn't deserve them, yeah. but they still got them anyway and they made some of the best music of that genre. But, um,
1: there, the rhythm on the verse section, it sounds like something I would try to write, to be honest. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and it's, it's pretty much a, no, there's a pre-chorus to this song. Yeah. Um. Not, which, on
0: the, not on the third verse. Not on the
1: third verse. But very short, very typical build up to the five or the two or mm-hmm. whatever. And then drop
0: back down to the one. That chorus is so good. Oh, oh that, yeah. And the, the when the back vocals come in, 17.
1: Yeah, and. Really on the on the last course too, mm-hmm. and then do that flurry of notes. Yeah. Um. Or the one guitar player, not mm-hmm. Bay. Um, this. Speaking of which, this solo. Um, I was surprised. I never actually heard the solo before. Mm-hmm.
0: I was surprised I remember, how awesome it was. I saw your face when it did that break. Yeah. And he's. Uh, I could tell that you were not expecting that. I at was all. not
1: from from my band, who's called Winger.
0: Which, they're called Winger because... Because
1: the singer is... mm -hmm. His last name is Winger. Um, And who only have one song... Who who have a bonus song, I should say. Oh my goodness. He's... uh, Words cannot describe. It's on the Spotify playlist. You guys should listen to it.
0: Yeah. (laughs) I think it's one of the best bonus songs we've done. I I think this is... Yeah. Yeah.
1: Um, If Motley Crue weren't so good this would be my favorite song of the set, just like last week. Yeah. um, Love Removal Machine was my favorite. Mm -hmm. But um, this song, when I first heard it when, when uh, all the way through, when Mm -hmm. you played the songs for me. Yeah. I had it pretty much on repeat um, for about three or four days afterwards. I would only listen to that song. Yeah. It's good. I love it so much, but it's also lyrically very illegal. Oh um, yeah, you
0: could never write this song today. Yeah, you could never get away. I mean, there's tons of rock songs about, you know, mm-hmm. underage girls. You know, you've got kisses, Christine, sixteen, and mm-hmm. Ringo, stars, sixteen, and yep. Um, you know, you've got seven. Daddy says she's too young, but she's old well, enough. For... For I me. mean, <laughs> that's. I mean uh, it's kind of funny if I you know. think about it. It's almost like you have to be like Steel Panther to get away with that now. Yeah. To where you're you're doing it for laughs. Yeah. I think that the the band that got it the best though was Spinal Tap. Because they have a song called Tonight I'm Gonna Rock You Tonight and it's they're <laughs> and it's they're they're making fun of hair metal bands. And they have a line that's you know, that says uh Little Sweet, you're just 14 and you still got your baby teeth, but tonight I'm going to rock you. <laughs> it's just
1: like... Oh, my god. Because the whole point of the oh, band... I remember that.
0: The whole point of the band is to just show how ridiculous and stupid music had gotten at that point. <laughs> and just that this line... goes to 11. That line just kind of sums up about how just stupid that whole lyrical um, motif is and how it's, you know, not right. good. But... You know.
1: <laughs> but this is a great song. But it's still a great song. It's compositionally a wonderful song. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah. I guess, yeah, that's the bonus song. It, it kind of speaks for itself. Mm-hmm. You guys should definitely listen to it and not just listen to us talk about it. So, I guess it's time for final thoughts. Yes. So, I'll let you go first.
0: Yeah. <laughs> um... I would say that my opinion of Motley Crue didn't change because mm-hmm. I had my big change on them whenever I watched the movie *The Dirt*, mm-hmm. and that was kind of when I actually did a lot of my Motley Crue research mm-hmm. and was just and discovered a lot of songs of theirs I hadn't listened to before. Um, that was around that time was when I listened to *Livewire* the first time and, mm-hmm. and *Girls, Girls, Girls* and kind of *Home Sweet Home*, all those. And that was kind of when I had my jump in appreciation for them. I wouldn't say that it's changed during the research for this, but Mm -hmm. it's still a very fun band to sit with for a week.
1: Right. So, um, for me, I would probably say that, once again, my opinion didn't change of them. I mean, I was a fan before I'm a fan now. Yeah. Um... And if they came to Tulsa, I would definitely try to see if I could go.
0: Yeah, I would too. Uh,
1: <laughs> but, I mean, I'm not... Just to, I'm see, not, I'm just not, to
0: see what the Vince Neal show would be like. I'm not into going to concerts, you know.
1: But, mm-hmm. um... Uh, I would say that I hadn't listened to a lot of Motley Crue recently. In the past few years, I kind of have not been listening to them as much. And so, going through this set, again. it really reignited the, the flame, yeah. And so... It may. I rediscovered "Kickstart My Heart" and "Home Sweet Home" and "Girls, Girls, Girls," and um, I don't know. I'm I'm really curious to see now that I have a more broad music taste. See how it kind of that
0: compares if
1: I go back through all the songs I've listened to. Um, that if I gain a new appreciation for them, and I I guess that's all I need to say about that. I'm a fan before. I'm a fan now. Um, So, yeah, that's my final thoughts.
0: All right. Okay. Well, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. Aren't you going to do a plug? Yeah, I'm about to. (laughs) Like I said, you just got to trust the system, trust the process. Okay. Soon you shall learn your place, young Padawan. Oh, boy. Uh, Because I was about to say don't forget to leave us a review, (laughs) leave us a a comment. We would love to hear uh, what bands you would like for us to cover next. We might not get to it immediately, but it'll give me some ideas of some, some people to take a look at. Um, and make sure to check out our Facebook page. We also got Instagram coming very soon. And uh, in the description of each episode, there's two links. One is to check out our Spotify playlist with all of these yummy, yummy songs on them. <laughs> and the other one to uh, send some money towards us. So um, make sure to check out those. And we'll have another episode ready for you guys next week. We're going to be staying in roughly the 80s, but we're going to be looking at a very different aspect of the 80s. Yes. With one of my all-time favorite artists. It's one that I'm really excited. I'm to excited to that
1: episode, too. So I'm excited to listen to those songs more. Yeah. Oh, They're not it's... on the playlist yet for me to listen
0: to. Oh, well, <laughs> I better get on that then. <laughs> but, um,
1: yeah. Okay. So... Thanks for listening. Um, I guess
0: you have to close this out. Yeah. <laughs> so, I'm Lucas. I'm Grant. Keep on listening to good music. We'll see you next time.